everybody welcome to chuck yates needs a job the thanksgiving edition and with thanksgiving it's a time to be grateful so i thought i'd have my friend sean on and we'd talk about something he's grateful for and that's covenant house yeah thanks chuck i appreciate it uh with everything that you do in the community it was uh we just had a uh, the sleep out last week uh last thursday uh, it's a sleep out executive edition so they do it every year it was the 11th year and uh it was awesome to see Houstonians rally around um, Covenant House, which is focused on homeless youth aged 18 to 24, who really have just come out of the foster care system for the most part. Okay, um, so that's so so we were lucky enough that a couple of the board members from Covenant yeah. House came to our breakfast club yeah. and and talked about it. But what's what's kind of the story there? So when was it? When was Covenant? house founded yeah. etc so covenant house was founded about 45 years ago and it actually is in 31 cities around the world um but covenant house texas in houston which is over um just off of montrose is the only one in texas uh, and it serves homeless youth aged 18 to 24 so it's usually people who've just come out of the foster care system and the whole mission behind covenant house is uh it's not about short-term solutions uh, obviously, they've got emergency crisis centers, and um, Covenant House Texas will sleep uh, pre-COVID up to 130 people a night, usually with 20 on emergency mats on the floor, and they're still turning 30 or 40 away a, a night. Um, but the whole purpose to Covenant House is to provide these youth an opportunity to have a safe place to sleep. Um, to get mentoring, to get medical care, uh, both physical and mental health care. Uh, it allows them to have job interview training, mentorship programs, and uh, teaching them how to conduct themselves in an interview, right? And it's it's about giving one of the board members at Covenant House is a guy named Todd Beignet, fantastic guy. Um, but he likened it to a hand up as opposed to a hand out. And so... Uh, a lot of these homeless youth haven't finished high school, so they'll get their GED. Some of them will go on to college. Um, but the whole purpose is to get them gainfully employed and provide them with the foundation so that they can give back to the community. And, and it, it's, a, it's a great, great mission. Because basically, I mean, what happens with the state, right, is you're in the foster care program and age 18 or the end of your senior yeah. year in high school – Somewhere in around there, game over, right? That's it's right. just, yeah. hey, you're done. Good luck, kid, right? At, at, at the age of 18, you are out of the foster care system. Um, and uh, a really scary statistic is that within 24 to 36 hours of children leaving the foster care system, they're approached by human traffickers. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, why is that? Why does that happen? Um, well, it's because the human traffickers know where um, the foster uh, homes are, and it's it's just an it's an awful system. Um, I, that's it's a great system, but there's a lot of things that I think could be done better. And that statistic is one that really catches people off guard. 
No, it just it just caught me off guard because it's, you know, the, I mean, it's a really hard problem, right? Yes. What do you do with a kiddo that's in trouble? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do with them if they shouldn't be with their parents? What if they don't have parents, et cetera? Yep. And, you know, you hear horror stories coming out of the foster care system and um, there are a lot of great people involved in that but anyway yeah i I mean i guess in my gut if you would have said hey you turn 18 what happens well your foster care family then you know raises some money and sends you to college and it just it just doesn't happen that way there's no training there's there's nothing there's you're 18 and move on um i think that i heard a statistic on thursday night um so when we did the sleep out uh, we actually had something new this year where we had what they called sleep talks. And so like a TED talk, but one of the things that people really enjoy about the sleep out, in addition to being out there and giving something back is just the, um, learning about what's going on in the systems. And so one, one of the sleep talks was on the foster care system. Uh, I'll share another scary statistic with you there. Uh, Another one was with uh, human trafficking, um, the mental and physical health of of the homeless youth. Um, Nearly 100% of every, nearly 100% of the residents who come into Covenant House today uh, are, have a mental health issue, whether it's anxiety or PTSD because of the stresses you were talking about. Um, And then Houston HPD SWAT was there to talk about how they see the homeless problem and how they're trying to handle it. the the thing I was going to tell you about the foster care system is there are some amazing organizations out there, but the lady who was speaking on Thursday night said that if every church in Texas took one child, there would not be a foster care system. And her point was that it's not just about when a youth is adopted or brought into the foster care. There's no support afterwards. Right? There's no ongoing life change um, development or progression of this is how you can handle it. This is how, of, of growing together as a family. And when, when people heard that stat about, you know, if every church in Texas would sponsor one family to take one child, you'd, you'd solve the problem. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, I'm sitting here at 54 years old three days ago, calling my dad for advice, Yeah, you know? And yeah. so, I mean, to, to be 18 years old and not have that and knowing you're not going to have that right. for the rest of your life is really tough. So, so Covenant House, give me the lay of the land in Houston. It's a physical building. People yeah. come. What, what does that look so, like? Uh, so, Covenant House is on the corner of, um, it's over by Montrose and Yoakum on Lovett Street. Now, that location is right in the center of um, Montrose, and it's a great location. It's about 2.7 acres. Uh, The building was about 45 years old, though, so it was not fit for purpose. So uh, Covenant House actually this year had tore down the the old facility. Uh, they did it about a month and a half ago and just raised, they've just crossed the $40 million mark for a $57 million capital raise for what they're called calling the building of life. And 
Uh, so currently, the Covenant House residents are all living in housing down in the third ward. Um, so didn't miss a beat, still taking care of, of all the kids and, and providing them um, the shelter and the security that, that they've become accustomed to. But it, the new facility that's going to be built uh, is going to have, it's going to be able to house 50% more homeless youth in a, in a night. Uh, it's going to have a gym for physical care. It'll have a library. It's going to have a full medical facility, um, dining area. It's it's going to be designed uh, to provide um, better housing, better facilities uh, to to hopefully end homeless homelessness. Well, and you know what's important about this that I think is underappreciated is a lot of the communities that are served by charities. I'm on the board of an after-school literacy program for Houston's Fifth Ward. One of the key issues is just the transient nature of the population, meaning you're a kid in the Fifth Ward and you go live with your grandmother and then she passes you off to an aunt. And so just the the lack of permanency, the lack of stability in your life leads to a lot of these things, you know, mental health type issues. And so going and building a big freaking building yeah. that's going to be there for 100 years actually means a lot. Yeah. They know they can come back and see it. And that's one of the things we did at YDC is right in the middle of the Fifth Ward. We built a $5 million building and it's mm-hmm. it's a nicer facility than my kids go to school <laughs> At And that was really important because it says to the community, hey, we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're not renting space. And so I think it's important that you do that. I think that I think that's exactly right. And I think that uh, I give a lot of credit to the the board and the the management of Covenant House, because, look, you've got two point seven acres in the heart of downtown. There's high rises going up all over the place. They very easily could have sold that property and built something huge outside of town. But that's not where the problem is, right? And so all of these youth uh, and the homeless in general know where Covenant House is. And so the what you referenced with respect to the the person going to the aunts, to the grandmothers, to the friends, it's called couch surfing, right? right. So it, it's just a, it's you're constantly trying to find that new location um, that you can stay until somebody kicks you out for whatever reason. At, but at the same time. You have, you have youth who are 13, 14, 15 years old who are living in tents and encampments um, by themselves, right? And so last week when we were doing the sleep out, you had about 100, and, 100 executives from around Houston. And, you know, you're sleeping on a cardboard box in the elements. It was Thursday night. It was about 40 to 43 degrees i think it got down to didn't rain though right <laughs> but there's no there was no cover if it did um friday night there was a there was a lot of rain i imagine being exposed to that but the one thing that you didn't experience as an executive sleeping out was the fear right so a lot of these homeless youth they they can't sleep at night or uh because that's when that's when things happen so they try to find places to protect themselves um and they call it homeless in plain sight. And it's just, it's incredible what these kids go through and to be able to continue to be curious, to be continue to want to grow, to continue to want to give back. Uh, 
it, it's an it's an amazing organization because they they meet you where they that you meet them where they are right and you let that process unfold in terms of their own growth and development but uh when we were doing the when we did the sleep out thursday night the way that we closed the evening was with a panel of past residents so people who were residents of covenant house back in the early 90s were there uh but what we didn't know was one of the women who works at the ion as a security guard we had no idea she said it's so great that covenant house is here doing this i was a resident of covenant house back in the early 2000s oh wow yeah so how do you find the kiddos yeah i mean so it's uh a lot of what happens actually is through the permanence of the location, right? So people become familiar with who Covenant House is in the different foster care communities or uh, pediatric hospitals that become aware of it. But something that is really unique or interesting about the homeless population is there is a, there's a hierarchy there, but there's also a, a, a lot of there's a care. And so what Covenant House will do three or four times a week is they'll do outreach. And so uh, about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, they'll go around to all the different homeless populations, the encampments and what have you. And they'll just hand out food, they'll hand out toiletries, um, just things so, to let people know that Covenant House is there. So what ends up happening is these the people who are institutionally homeless, if you will. So that's when you get to be, you know, 25 and above, they actually know where the kids are because the kids are usually hiding in abandoned houses or um, they'll be in the back of an encampment and then they'll direct the kids to Covenant House. But usually, uh, and I don't think it happened this year, but in, in past outreaches, when we've done that for sleep out, we'll, we'll bring, we'll find a homeless youth and bring them back to Covenant House with us. So. It's just being out there in the community, being a constant source of um, information, a constant source of uh, reassurance, and people will tell um, the other uh, members of the community you know, where to go if they need help. Oh, that's cool. And, and I could actually see that if I'm homeless and been on the streets for 10 or 15 years, not wanting a kid to go through what I went yeah. through. And so, hey, kid, you need to get over here. Mm -hmm. It's, it happens quick. I mean, it really is, it's pretty frightening when you think about uh, how quickly homelessness can happen to a person. Uh, the first year that, that I did it, uh, we were down by the library um, in downtown Houston where there's a pretty decent homeless population at times. And uh, there was a person there who was, a, he was married until a couple months before, got divorced, lost his job, um, and all of a sudden he was on the street and what you, what you realize about homelessness is nobody wants it. Right. And the, it can happen quickly. So you've got, I mean, your comment about Thanksgiving, right? There's a lot to be grateful for, but the, the empathy, the compassion that you see in these, in the homeless people that you go out and meet with through outreach or through the sleep out is amazing. They're the kindest people that you can imagine. When we were doing it on Thursday night, 
Um, we handed out about 300 meals um, around around Houston. And uh, I had one experience where we were just about to pack up and move on to the next spot. And a woman came, you know, basically running across the street and said, you didn't get that guy. And there was a person who was sleeping. And so she took the meal, brought it back, put it right next to him so that when he woke up, he was going to have something. And I've seen things like people ripping their cheeseburgers in half to, because you ran out of food and people are just trying to share. It's, there's a real kindness and a real gratitude. Yeah, it was interesting. One morning, uh, my brother Kenny calls me and says, hey, man, do you mind riding with me? I lost my wallet. And this guy called from downtown and said he found it. And I just don't want to go by myself. Mm -hmm. said, sure. Turned out the guy was homeless, played basketball for the University of Hawaii, um, wasn't going to play in the NBA, but yeah. uh, played long enough that he was going to be able to graduate. Graduate said uh, he tried meth. Don't know why he did it. Yeah. And just three years later, he's hooked and he's homeless in Houston. Yeah. But I mean, a good dude found Kenny's wallet, um, called Kenny. You mm -hmm. know, actually took some effort to be able to figure out because you know Kenny's got his driver's license. Had to call information. Yep. Did that. You know, didn't want any money. Hey, no, I don't. Know, you know, want, of course we gave him money, but you know, it was like, hey, I don't want any money. I just want to make sure you got this back yep. and the like. And yeah, just hooked on meth. Had a has a uh, has a kid. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, and all. And it was yeah. That's that's something that. Um, I think is uh, that that is great about what Covenant House does as well, which is you a lot of these homeless youth, uh, not a lot, but they have their own children, right? 14, 15 years old, and they're having their own babies. And so the cycle just feeds on itself. And so one of the things that they they try to do at Covenant House, they do do at Covenant House is they help they try to provide some sort of family guidance. They try to they they take care of the the children's children, if you will. Um, and, you know, drugs are, drugs are a huge part of the problem, but it's, and it, it comes from a lot of different areas. I mean, the, the residents of Covenant House um, come from all sorts of neighborhoods and it's, it's not just, um, and frankly, from all over Texas. Uh, and that's how well Covenant House, Texas has, has become known in, in the broader community. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Brene Brown's research will say that when we don't feel we're worthy of love, that leads to all the problems. That's why we drink yeah. too much. That's why we do drugs, et cetera. Yeah. And it's finding something to fill that void. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, nothing like making you feel unworthy of love than getting passed around. Right. 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 I mean, so. And then when you're 18, the check stops, so get out. Yeah. 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 No, you, I mean, you've quote unquote been our child for the last two years because we were getting paid. Now get out. No, no, get yeah. Out. Yeah. And I think, and it's, and you hear those stories and they're gut wrenching. Right. And when I started doing the sleep out about five years ago, this, this is my fifth year. A friend of mine was a board member at Covenant house. Uh, he since, uh, has passed away, but, um, we all went, the first year to do the sleep out because he couldn't do it. He was going through chemo treatments. And what we all saw was the generosity. What I saw was the generosity of the community, right? And I think, you know, 
Houston is an amazing city, right? It's it's the energy hub. It's, you know, we were at the Ion, which is the innovation hub. You've got the medical center. You've got some amazing universities. But the generosity of the people in our community, the thoughtfulness, the pragmatism of- Unmatched in the world. I totally- I, I totally, totally believe that yeah. too. Every time it, somebody rags on the energy business, I'm like- no. At minus $37 a barrel, yeah. YDC did not go under. No. Yeah. I, well, and at go over the last five years in energy, right? My first year, I, I raised $37,000 or $17,000, sorry. This year, I raised $104,000, right? And, as, and for the sleep out itself, we've raised $1,037,000. Um, we've got, new corporate sponsorships from energy companies, but it's the energy executives because that's my business, right, is, is energy. So those are the people who I know, but they love to give back and they, they want to understand why they want to, they want to know that there's a cost benefit to it, right? So accountability. Accountability. So yeah. it's evidence-based programming. Um, they're, it's not about handouts. It's about how are you making things better? But this is an incredibly generous community, and um, I, I just, to me, with 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 all of the the vitriol and um, that energy gets, right? I I don't think that people outside of the energy community just know how generous uh, the executives, the people that work here are. Just amazing, amazing people. Yeah, no, that's right. And so, <clears throat> what is a what is kind of a, and there may not be anything, but what's a typical day for a kid in the program, and then what's kind of a typical life cycle of the mm -hmm. kid in the in the program? Sure. So the day is going to be contingent on where they are in terms of how recently they've gotten there, right? How there's a lot of space given. There's there's a there's a trust issue, right? So the first few weeks or months, and it all depends on the kid, is just making sure that they're safe, they're secure, they feel loved, right? They're getting the medical care that they need, they're getting the the mental health care that they need. Uh, there's counseling. And, you know, as somebody is progressing, as they become more comfortable within Covenant House, as they start to proactively contribute, right? They, they proactively want to go to the next level. Uh, so there'll be the emergency care facility, uh, and then there is an intermediate facility, and then there's what is called the rites of passage program. And so the rites of passage program is where Covenant House youth are, uh, they have their own apartment or their, their own room, um, they are working or at school. So whether that's high school or college, it's uh, usually college, but they've, they're, they're also working out in the community. Um, they're saving 30% of their income so that when they do graduate from the rites of passage program and they're out in the community, they've got a nest egg. Covenant House isn't saying, hey, you've had housing for the last 18 months and now you know, you're just going to go out into the world with nothing, right? So it help Covenant helps Covenant House helps them learn how to manage their own finances, um, how to how to 
have a budget. Um, and what I think is, what I think is amazing about the program and then, and then at 25, that's, that's when they have to graduate out of Covenant House because that's just where the yeah. age limit is. Um, the, they end up being in an, in an environment where they can make mistakes, right? They can do something wrong. And I, I heard a story from Leslie Bourne, who's, who runs uh, Covenant House, just an amazing lady, um, where uh, one of their, one of the youth had gotten their first job. It was at McDonald's. It was, you know, across the street in off Westheimer and they, you know, made it about two weeks. Right. So instead of coming back and getting beaten up or, you know, admonished for why didn't you keep your job? Like what happened? You should have shown up on time. It was like, okay, you made it two weeks. So what's next? Right. And it, it's just that the, the ability to celebrate that we're all going to fall down. It's okay. If you fall down, we're not going to ridicule you for it. We're going to help you get back up and move forward. And so, um, with every youth it's, it's, it's different. I don't know that there is a, a constant progression. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So you, <clears throat> you've been talking about the sleep out and kind of what I've gathered from listening to it is you're recruiting folks to go sleep outside, i.e. experience what homelessness mm -hmm. is. How, how are you raising money off that? You mentioned sponsors, yeah. but how does, how does the, the fundraiser work? So it, uh, so it's always the Thursday before Thanksgiving. Okay. So we, we did it, we did it last Thursday. And again, it was all the covenant houses around the world. Um, so, and there's 31 of them. I think I mentioned that a little bit earlier. And so what we'll end up doing in September, uh, is when we'll kick off in earnest about, um, uh, reaching out to executives, reaching out to leaders in the community to have them join us for the sleep out. And so when you sign up for the sleep out executive edition, there's actually a young professionals edition in the spring, but the executive edition, um, you sign on and agree to try and raise $5,000, uh, through donations or what have you. And, um, you know, some people, uh, come in, write it, you know, write the $5,000 check themselves and they do it. Other people go out and raise, you know, $50 here, $50 there. Um, we had one new sleeper this year, um, a guy, you know, uh, Don Childress, um, uh, he actually sponsored for the first time this year, but Don first time sleeper raised over $30,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, you just go out and you let people know what you're doing and you let them know why you're doing it. And I think that what is, and then in terms of the sponsorships, that's, that's something where this year we've had uh, a number of new sponsors, new energy companies have come in. Enterprise was a corporate sponsor this year. Um, Western Gas sent a team. Kinder Morgan has people there. I mean, so uh, the, historically, the Covenant House had a lot of real estate and a lot of um, a lot of legal professions. Uh, so Jackson Walker is a huge sponsor. Um, Lock Lord, um, and but. I was like, well, I'm in energy. I need to get the energy folks in here because they're way too generous. And so um, we've been building that out. Oh, very cool. Yeah. 
Very cool. So a million bucks. What's yeah. what's like the last yeah. I don't know five or ten years looked at looked like in terms of fundraising? Yeah. So uh, the first year they did it, they there were about fifteen sleepers, and they raised about two hundred thousand dollars. I think um, last year it was the tenth anniversary of the sleep out. We raised one point two five million. Um, and there were about 120 sleepers. This year, uh, we're at a million thirty-seven. Um, we had a very large donation last year, so I'm really proud of where we are so far. Um, but uh, we're at one million thirty-seven thousand. We had 167 sleepers, and 100 people actually were able to sleep out because there were some sleepers who signed up from different parts of of Texas. Um, so. Yeah, we're trying to get to 1.25 million by the end of the year, December 31st, and um, over 95% of the money raised goes to the organization, the operating expenses of Covenant House, and so it's uh, it's a great it's a great event. I was thinking about this uh, as I was talking to folks about it this year. There's a lot of incredible charities and charitable events, dinners, and and what have you. Uh, in Houston. Um, again, it's a really generous town. I've been to three or four uh, over the course of the last month, right? What the the sleep out is, is an entirely different experience. It is absolutely experiential because you are there with the youth that you're helping all night long. So from the minute you walk in the door, they're giving you your name tag to the stories that they're telling you when they were 14 and abused and they ran away and the 16 year old who's living in a tent um and then you conclude the evening about 11 30 12 o'clock at night by pulling out a cardboard box getting in your sleeping bag no pillows um and you're beholden to the elements uh, and you realize that the human body is not meant to sleep on concrete or cardboard boxes um, so uh, in the morning they'll do a we'll do a reflection um it's pretty somber so when everybody gets up gets up and walks away and and you know people go to work or, or what have you uh, it's a very quiet uh quiet egress if you will uh, because no one is um no one's happy because you've seen a lot your eyes have been open to uh, the reality of what these kids go through, uh, the fact that they are kids, uh, that we had uh, a question or we had one of the panels and uh, they were talking about the mental and, and physical health and you know some of the questions that um, the, the doctors get are you know very basic elementary things that you know you know your fifth or sixth grader would know, right but, uh, I asked the question, so, so are you, do you find that the kids are curious? Like, do they want to know more about their health or more about their mental well-being? And it was, it, it, there's a, it's a uniform, absolute yes. I mean, these kids want to learn more. They want to participate. They want to give back. And, and they're so grateful to have all of these leaders, if you will, executives in the community out there willing to to 
sleep out in solidarity because we can never recreate that experience, like the true experience, but just to raise awareness and the acknowledgement that what you go through is really hard and we're here to try to help it get better. Well, Sean, it's really cool you did that. How do people find Covenant House? How do people sign up for next year? Give us kind of the contact deets, if Absol you will. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the next sleep out will be November. I think it's November 16th, 2023. So it's the Thursday before Thanksgiving. Um, the development person is Felicia Broussard. And the website is Covenant House Texas, or Covenant House TX dot org. So Covenant House TX dot org. And we'll start, I mean, we'll start recruiting new sleepers probably sometime in the summer. But there's a lot of things that you can do at Covenant House over the course of the next 12 months if you want to come down and help out. Um, I've brought my kids down there to to wrap Christmas presents. Um, you can uh, there'll be a night of Broadway stars in in the spring, which is uh, the there's a Covenant House in New York and um, some obviously amazing Broadway shows in New York. But uh, one of the one of the members of the board of, of Covenant House in New York actually travels around the country with Broadway stars and they put on a performance of different uh, musicals um, in, in a given evening. And so it's a, it's, it's a completely, it's an amazing event um, if you like Broadway. And uh, yeah, there's some other random events through, throughout the course of, of the year, but um, covenanthousetx.org. And I, I was executive chair this year. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to pass the reins to somebody next year for the sleep out. Sounds like Don Childress. Sounds like Don <laughs> Childress. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, but it's, it, it gets better every year and it gets better because more and more people know about it because people like you, thank you for having me here to, to talk about this. I mean, my, my it, mom it, will listen to it. So, <laughs> well, it's just, it, I mean, it's every little bit helps, right? It's just, and, and when you talk to these youth, like they don't want money, right? They don't, they don't want, they, they want a hello. They want you to look them in the eye. They want five minutes of time. They want a prayer. They, they want some mentorship. And I think that when you realize how little it takes, if everybody just gave a little bit, we could go a long way in solving a lot of problems. Well, one of our mutual friends, Patrick Miller, the uh, who's made a couple of appearances on the the podcast, but the uh, priest uh, never with me, <laughs> never with you, <laughs> the uh, but the priest at St. Mark's Episcopal Church. One of the things he always talks about is when you see a homeless person at the corner, yeah. you cannot deny them humanity. You need to look them in the eyes. Yes. You need to wave hello. Patrick actually suggests carrying a bottle of water and socks yes. and handing handing those out because there is an issue that potentially you're handing cash, it turns to drugs. Right. But that Pat, Patrick's big on do not deny them the humanity because they're human. Absolutely. And and what's interesting, you know, my the singer Jewel, who's mm -hmm. my dear, my dear friend, um, she was homeless. I mean, she signed a record deal. She was homeless. Mm -hmm. And uh she has a great joke about it. She was living out of her car and her car got stolen. Fortunately, she wasn't in it. But um, <laughs> no, and just just 
how dehumanizing it was to be looked away at and, and someone not recognizing you as a person. Yeah. So it's a real thing. Yeah. And I think Patrick is always really eloquent, right? But he's spot on. It's look at them, acknowledge them. You notice when people don't look you in the eye, right? And what you find with the homeless when you go out there and you're doing outreach and giving them meals, they want to look you in the eye. They want to say thank you. That's all they, that's, they want to be acknowledged. And I think that that is something that we can, we should all strive to do, you know, in our daily interactions. But with, with the homeless in particular, they, they want to be acknowledged. And, and, you know, the, the giving of toiletries or essentials or socks or water bottles, I think that it's a great practice. You're, you're the, they definitely don't encourage giving out money uh, because unfortunately there's bad actors out there and, and it can end up in bad places. But um, when everybody left the sleep out, there were donation bags. So they had little bags that you could give to homeless people as you were driving by and it had the Covenant House card in it so that people knew where to go. Uh, but the treating each other humanely and with humanity, I think, goes a long way. And that's all that's all that these youth and I think the homeless want. Well, Sean, you were great to do that and you were great to come on today. Thanks, Chuck. Always a pleasure. And uh, hopefully Patrick will be on some time with me. There we go. <laughs> we can talk about fun stuff like we, energy or whatever. We, you know, the joke with Patrick is he comes on. I think he was the third podcast I ever did. He came on later and we had to talk about how sequels suck. So, I mean, you know, is, is there the third a, one better? Is there a part three movie that's actually decent? I mean, uh, well, I kind of liked I kind of liked Back to the Future part three. I mean, that was Return of the Jedi was OK. Yeah, that's true. Return of the Jedi was We good. could do that. We could do that. So it'll be George Lucas level <laughs> when you and uh, Patrick come on. Um, definitely not National Lampoons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Or any movie uh, that contains Dom DeLuise. <laughs> oh, awesome. Sean, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Chuck. Pleasure cool. to be here.